Hey everyone, welcome to the next episode of Winning with Beckwith. I am so excited about this week's guest. And as I've been saying, we're always gonna bring people on that are at the top of their game in leadership, business development, and really just growing a business. And so this episode we have Cynthia Lewis, who is a loan officer here at OVM Financial, and I actually have her numbers here. So in 2019, she closed $32 million in loans, and already in 2021, get ready for this, she's already at 60 million, and that's just through the month of September. So we still have three months left, and she's already doubled her business from just two years ago. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Here we go. All right, welcome to Winning with Beckwith podcast. I couldn't be any more excited about this week's guest. She is a legend in the mortgage business, right? You're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cynthia Lewis. Uh, we've been working together for over 10 years. Yeah. Can you believe that? I can't. It went by fast. 10 years. So um, I've known Cynthia for actually over 10 years because I've been trying to, or I was trying to convince her to come work with me before that. Yeah. And finally convinced her about 10 years ago. So we work together at OVM Financial. She is a loan officer. Um, she does tons of business. I was actually just looking at your numbers last week. And do you know you've actually doubled your business in the last two years? I didn't know that. Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> yeah, so she doubled her business in the last two years. And really what she's done with really what you've done with building your team and scaling up your business. I think as we've talked about it, I mean, I'm just personally proud of you. Like just watching what you've done um, you. over the last 10 years, building your business is just amazing. So um, with that being said, I would love for you to tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. So um, like Matt said, I've known Matt for over 10 years um, and those 10 years have gone by so fast because time always flies when you're having fun. And I've definitely been having an amazing time here at OVM. Um, I've been in the business since 2003, started shortly right after college. So I've, this is pretty much all I know. Real estate mortgages it's, it's all I know. I have uh, been here at OVM for over 10 years. And within that 10 year time frame, what attracted me to OVM was that there were managers here who also produced and owners actually who also produced. And I was looking 10 years ago for a way to build my business. Um, I knew that I wanted to not just be an uh, independent loan officer. I couldn't keep running at that capacity because at that point I had already been doing it for like seven or eight years. And I remember sharing in that meeting with Matt, like, you know, the way that I'm working, the way that I'm running has an expiration period. Like I can't do this forever. And so what attracted me here and attracted me to Matt um, as a coworker, colleague and friend, and even a mentor, most importantly, was Thank simply, you. it well, it's well-deserved. I'm yeah. gonna give you your flowers because you deserve them. Yeah, Cynthia is a great <laughs> friend, by the way. She is an awesome person. Thank you. Um, but just being able to grow, getting individuals like Matt and so many others to show me what that looks like. I'm the type of person, I'm a visual learner, so I've got to see it. And to be able to work with so many people that not only believe that I could do it, but show me how to do it. And now here we are today. Yeah, so Cynthia is a loan officer, and we talked a little bit about this on, on some of the previous episodes, uh, but she doesn't get any business um, from OVM. So she has to go out, um, find her own clients, uh, find her own referral partners. In our world, that's real estate agents typically. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the principles that she applied to her business over the last 10 years 
it really applies to all businesses. And so we talk about this a lot. What we know is mortgages and real estate, and that's what we deal with on a regular basis. But really, it doesn't matter if you're a doctor, a lawyer, electrician, uh, a builder, a general contractor. It really doesn't matter. A lot of the principles that she put into place really applies to all businesses. You know, uh, the thing that, you know, I think what one of the things that triggered me to do the podcast actually was some of my frustrations with different contractors, which right. this is no cut on contractors. But we all get to the point in whatever trade we're in where we're really good at that trade. Mm -hmm. So if you're a plumber and you're really good at the actual job, all right, maybe I won't use plumber. Let's use electrician. There you go. <laughs> so if you're really good <laughs> at, at, as an electrician, it gets to the point where you can only do uh, but so much by yourself. If you own a bakery and, and you make the best uh, cakes in town, you can only make but so many cakes by yourself. Eventually, there's a line waiting for the cakes outside the door, and you're trying to take everybody's payments. Right. Right. You're trying to take orders. You're trying to process your books for the accounting, and you have to make all the cakes. Right. So, no different in our business. We're not making cakes. We're lending money. Right. Right. And so. You know, we'll, we'll get into the nuts and bolts. But before we do that, I wanted to ask you one big question. This is probably the most important question. Okay. So tell us one fun fact about Cynthia that has nothing to do with business. <laughs> um, what a lot of people don't know about me unless we grew up together is that I actually played basketball. Well, I didn't even know that. From the time I was nine to my freshman year in high school. And to this day, I actually still have a pretty mean three-point shot. Really? Yes. What position? Um, I played uh, power forward or small forward. Okay. All right. Sometimes <laughs> point guard. Occasionally, I didn't have the best handle on the team. My right hand was really strong. My left hand wasn't the strongest, but I definitely played power forward. Wow. Never knew that. You learn something new every, every day. day. Every so, day. So <laughs> uh, in, in our market, in Hampton Roads, Tidewater area, I'm just going to say this. Cynthia is a legend um, when it comes to mortgages. Uh, she's Thank created you. a brand and identity, and, and that's why she's doubled her business the last couple of years. And we're not going to spend all this, you know, the whole podcast talking about how great you are, but I just wanted to throw <laughs> that out there. So, um, you know, one thing that, that I wanted to talk about, too, that I have in my notes here is... It's not always easy. I think when you see the finished product of somebody like Cynthia and you look at the business she's she's put together and she's created today, it's so easy to think that it happens overnight. Uh, but I know because I've watched it. Yeah. Like there's been so many ups and downs over the last 10 years of mistakes, um, learning lessons, things mm -hmm. that you think are the right decision that aren't the right decision. So that's that's another reason I wanted to have her on here because she's gonna be able to share some of those mistakes with the audience um, and some of the things that have, have, that have really gone well. Um, so let's back up, because I know you said you've been in the mortgage business since 2003, right? Yes. How did you get in the mortgage business? I mean, how did you even discover it? Honestly, my dad, what happened was the year prior to me graduating from college, I worked in a real estate office I was a receptionist at the real estate office and I used to hand out the mail and handing out the mail. I became privy because one of the agents commission checks. This was tell you how long yeah. ago it was. Right. <laughs> they weren't wiring. They were actually giving hard copy checks. Yeah. And so one of the checks happened to be open for whatever the reason, myself being a young, inquisitive 
uh, college student, I opened up the envelope a little more to see what was actually in there and the check was $30,000. Wow. So it was at that point I realized that whatever I was going to school for wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wanted to be in real estate. So I went home, had a conversation with my dad and I was like, hey, I really think I want to be a real estate agent. He explained to me what it was, but naturally as parents are, they wanted to see the degree that they were paying for me to get, yeah. to get be put to use in some kind of way, shape or form. So my dad is actually the one that kind of directed me into going the mortgage route. And so here we are. And that's been how here you ever it. since. Thanks dad. Thanks dad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank that, you. That was good. So you know, one of the main things we're going to be touching on today is scaling scaling up your business. And I, and I alluded to it earlier, but, you know, you, you we all get to the point where we can only handle um, what we can handle. It just becomes uh, you're in such high demand. Your services are in such high demand uh, that you have to start thinking about uh, hiring people. So as a business owner, which is what you are, right, when did you know, when did, when did that point happen where you're like, you know what, I need some help? Like, how did you know that? I think it happened. Well, I came to OVM knowing that I wanted to grow, not necessarily knowing what it looked like, but knowing that I wanted to grow. And so growth, of course, means having that help. But I was still kind of young in my career to know exactly what that looked like. I would say maybe maybe about five or six years ago, I realized that I was getting to the point where I was going to need some help. I was I had just brought on a fairly good sized firm, weren't getting anything from them just yet, but I saw that the business was turning the corner and I knew, you know, kind of once those floodgates opened that I wasn't going to be able to do this by myself. So again, not really knowing because traditionally we're taught in this business, okay, the first step is hire an assistant. Not really knowing what that looked like. Having a game plan, thanks to so many of the great people that work here, Matt, Chip, and George, of how to utilize one, but still didn't know how to hire, where to find one, or et cetera. But I knew probably about five or six years ago that I needed to kind of start opening that window up to get some help. Yeah, so hiring the, the first employee is key. Mm -hmm. And I think really the scaling up position, or getting into position to scale up really happens with that first employee. Absolutely. Right. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm excited. So that first <laughs> employee, a lot of times ends up being one of your key people, not always, but eventually they end up taking leadership roles. Mm -hmm. um, and I think hiring the first employee is the hardest, right? But most important decision we can make. So tell me about hiring that first employee. Did you, the first person you hired, did they work out? No, <laughs> no. The first, the second, the third, the fourth, yeah. nor the fifth or the sixth person worked. Yeah. No, they didn't work out. Not at all. Yeah. And I already knew that. And that's why I asked her. So <laughs> one thing to remember is you're not always going to find the right person off the bat because sometimes what we think we need or the type of person that we need isn't always the right person. And Absolutely. so um, you can't be afraid to revisit that or try to find, I mean, if they are a good employee, but maybe they're not doing exactly what you wanted them to do, right. maybe find another position for them on your team. But at the same time, don't be afraid to make changes at the beginning. I, that's one thing from watching Cynthia's business grow that we talked about a lot, mm -hmm. was like, hey, this person's not working out, what should I do? And she always uh, was ready to have those hard conversations and to make a move quickly if she needed to. Absolutely, and I do think that's key, is to identify it quickly 
and you know move on it's going to be best for you it's going to be best for them and it's going to be best for the life of the business yeah so um don't be afraid to have that conversation and just because a person doesn't work I, and this is something i had to get over it doesn't make them a bad person it doesn't make them not good at the role or the position it just wasn't a fit for what you needed so a lot of times you can i have a young lady that's on my team right now that was actually hired for one position but it wasn't working and we were able to move her into another position on the team. And I mean, it's it speaks leaps and bounds. I mean, it's it's great for the team. It's great for her personal life and it's great for my life. So it's, it's all about figuring out who and what fits. Yeah. So the first employee, like, what do you look for? Like, what position are you are you thinking like from the very beginning? So describing their characteristics. So I know what your skill set is. Mm -hmm. Right. So we'll just talk about you for a second. You are very good at talking to people. You're very good about going out and getting business. And honestly, just kind of uh, relaying your vision, what your team can do to help other people um, buy a house, mm -hmm. get a loan, how you can help your partners grow their business. You're really good at that, Thank right? You. So are you going to hire somebody like that? Or what kind of position are you looking for um, from day one with, with your personality? So in my personality, and I think you hit it on the head, right? That the first part in doing that whole thing is identifying who you are, yeah. right? Figuring out what your strengths and your weaknesses are. Yeah. And typically you want to hire something that is the opposite of that because you don't necessarily at that point need to duplicate yourself. You need someone who's going to um, offset you or balance you. One thing, and, and everyone may be a little different, if I could go back in time with my hiring process, I probably would have hired a little differently, right? Yeah. I think I would have brought on my production role first versus the assistant role. Okay. And the reason that I say that for me, and again, everybody in every business is different. My production role is still my counter opposite, right? They're, they're still the yin to my yang, so to speak. But that role would have, I feel, have allowed me to be able to build my business as well as build other teams, maybe simultaneously, versus where I had to build a business with an admin role and continue to build a business to the point that I could bring on a production. Okay, so people that aren't in the mortgage business kind of yes. describe those two differences. Like, what, what do you mean production? Sure, so a production manager or a production partner, however you label it, is kind of that individual that comes right under you, right? Okay. So in the contracting world, it might be your general... The foreman. General foreman, Supervisor. right? Okay, yeah. Um, in the chef world, it might be like your sous chef. You know, that, that person that comes right under you that can do pretty your much... Your number two, basically. Your number two, okay, your go-to go person. They can pretty much do everything that you do. They know the inner workings, the operations. They know how you want things done. They just may not be as strong in bringing in the business, right? Bringing yeah. in the sales. But they can run the operation of your business from day to day. So that for us, a production manager is like, that's the exchange there. Whereas an admin person, they are basically strong at the administration side of things. So, you know, for us, it's paperwork, paperwork so many yeah. files, putting files together. For real estate agents, it may be a uh, file coordinator. Um, in another business for a plumber, it may be an office assistant or a secretary, you know, that person that kind of handles the paperwork, make sure that things still get done correct, you know, check all the boxes, but they're more on the administrative side. So for me, like I said, going back to it, 
if I could do it all over again, you know, hindsight's always 2020. That's the yeah. biggest thing about any business is this ever learning experience. I think I would have gone the production role first. Yeah. So one thing that I, when I talk to business owners, loan officers, real estate agents, a lot of people get caught up on this point, uh, which is they're too worried about the short term cost and they're not looking at the long term gain. So if you can remember this, this is key. When you're building your business, you will take a financial hit at the beginning. It does cost money at the beginning oh, yeah. to start building your business, right? Absolutely. And so I know for me personally, when I when I first went to my first mortgage boss in my world, I said, <laughs> hey, I'm really starting to get busy. Will you, will you help me get an assistant, right? So I went to the company I worked for and I wanted an assistant. And the guy, great guy, really good mentor. Maybe I'll have him on here one day, but you know, he called his boss and, you know, called me back. He said, you know what? We just feel like you need to be at X amount of dollars mm -hmm. in revenue before we will, you know, help you get an assistant. I knew, right, that I needed an assistant to grow my right. business. And I looked at him. I said, well, if you're not going to do it, I'm just going to pay for it myself. And he looked at me and said, you're going to pay for it yourself? Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, I'm going to pay for it myself because I know that's how much I believe in the business I'm growing that I'm going to do it. And so... I just paid for it myself. And so in our world, you know, we work for a company, right, mm -hmm. um, that in the mortgage business, they will sometimes help out with our assistance. If you own your own business, you don't have that, right, that luxury. You actually have to pay for it all to your pocket like I did at the beginning. And so um, one thing that, that you have to lose sight of is that upfront cost mm -hmm. and look at the, the amount more business that you'll be able to close Absolutely. right? by adding team members. So you may make less per deal, right? This, this is an important point. You may make less per deal than you used to, right? Yes. But you're able to grow your business so much that you more than make up for that over time, right? So just remember the short-term loss. Um, is going to help you out in the long-term gain. The other piece when you hire your first employee, um, and you can probably speak to this too, but I think we get the false impression that immediately from day one, it's going to be less work. Absolutely. And I've seen so many people make this mistake. And I made it myself, literally in every step of my business up until probably about two years ago, yeah. where you bring on a teammate and you're so excited that they're there and you're so excited what the end game of that is yeah. that you forget the steps in between. So it's literally like they walk through the door. I hired you for this. Now go do it. And you kind of just step back, take a breather. I mean, honestly, anybody that runs their own business, right, or, or does... Um, their own line of work, you're exhausted. Yeah. So the sign of help is kind of like a reprieve and you feel like, oh, finally I can take a breath. And you can to a degree, but you cannot walk away. You know, even at the, the level that I'm at, even at the level that you're at, right, we still show up for our business every day. I yeah. still show up every single day. So you can't ever step away. You kind of just step more so into circles that are more designed and better suited for what you bring to the table. Yeah, and, and it's actually at the beginning, just so everybody knows, it's actually more work at the Absolutely. beginning. Because here's what you're doing, you're training your first employee, right? You're basically teaching them. So if you own a bakery and you had this amazing cake and these amazing pastries, you have to teach them how to make that and still run the business you were running before. So you're basically doing everything that you were doing plus adding on more work because you have to train somebody. And that's why I say it. 
if I could do it over again, I would have went the production manager yeah. route first. Yeah. Because they could have done all that and I could have still kept growing. Yep. So. And, and I will say, I mean, every <laughs> business is different. The the only thing with a with somebody at that level, when you hire your number two at the beginning, I'll just caution everybody that those people usually cost a lot of money. That's true. That <laughs> is so you true. can't always afford the number two at first, but that's okay. Uh, I know my number two. Um, it took me about three years to convince him that, uh, you know, he right. needs to come over. But, uh, you know, I love him, but he wasn't cheap. <laughs> he, he knows what I'm talking and about. And that but. is true, too. <laughs> so that it could be either a very bigger bigger setback in the beginning yeah. um, to where you're taking a huge hit or you go the traditional route like most of us do. It just, figured, I think, what yeah. suits your business. Yeah, for sure. And so um, kind of backing up a little bit, I think uh, I got excited there. <laughs> kind of got off base there. But so going back to that first employee, Cynthia is really good about driving the business, right? And so she um, wanted at the beginning she hired somebody to help her business from more of a paperwork standpoint. Mm -hmm. That's what she ended up doing um, because that wasn't necessarily her strong suit. I know you can do it. Right. You're just like me. We could do it. We don't like it. Mm -hmm. And so I encourage you when you're looking at that, that first employee in your business, hire somebody better than you are at whatever their job is. Absolutely. Um, you always want to try to, and I've heard this, you know, a hundred times on other leadership podcasts and other other forums but it's so true we want to hire people that are better than us absolutely and whatever we're hiring them for and that'll that'll really help you grow your business fast absolutely it's a running joke on my team i joke all of them and say i can do everyone's job on this team you guys just can do it a lot better than i can yeah. but that's what you want you you don't want to be the smartest person in the room at that specific task you want to be great at what you're designed to do on your in your business. Yeah, and you just made me think of something because Cynthia is so humble, and she she really um, she gives her team the opportunity to give her feedback. Which, as a leader in your business, don't be too proud uh, or too prideful, right? To let right. your team. Um, give you feedback because a lot of times they're seeing stuff that we're not seeing absolutely and it doesn't mean they're right at the end of the day as the owner of the business or the leader in the organization you have the final call right absolutely but i think letting them get their voices out and being a part of those decisions number one makes them feel more involved mm -hmm. right whether you use their idea or you don't use their idea it definitely makes them feel more involved so um i love that you're humble enough to do that Oh, I would you. I would say that I'm that humble, but some days, some days I'm that humble. Not well, there are boots on the ground, so there are certain things that they're going to see and be privy to that I'm just not involved in that. And if yeah. they're the ones doing it every day, of course, we want it to be most efficient for the business, right? Yeah. For the team, the brand. But I also want them to love and be happy with what they're doing. So yeah. I always welcome the feedback. Yeah. So before you hired that first employee, like, did you already know? Like what your your long term plan was for your business? Gosh, no, no, no. I just I knew you didn't. And that's why I asked no. you. But go ahead. I didn't even have a clue. I mean, honestly, where you know I've been blessed to reach today, I didn't even know it was feasible at that time. Honestly, I just knew I needed help. Like <laughs> I was struggling with paperwork. I hated looking at bank statements. I always got them wrong. You know, I was an underwriter's nightmare when I submitted a file. I just knew that I needed help. I needed someone that could yeah. do that aspect of it. So didn't have a goal, didn't have a vision. You didn't um, have a clue. And I think that's, I, that's, why I, that's why I asked you, because I see so many people caught up in wanting to know what, how everything is going to work. And they almost freeze. 
Yeah. I see it in our business all the time, but really all businesses, you almost just freeze because you want to know what the end goal is or what, what it's going to look like mm -hmm. in five years and 10 years. And I'm not saying long-term plans aren't good. They're good. And we'll talk about that on different episodes. All I'm saying is if you asked me today what my business was going to look like, right, five years ago, if I'd known what it was going to look like today, I, I had no clue. Right. You know, sometimes yeah. you just got to put one foot in front of the other, right? And like Cynthia said, she knew she needed help, right? In order it. to be able to grow her business, she knew she needed help. And so sometimes you just got to take that step and have that faith of like, hey, I'm just going to do it. Right. And as we figure everything out, then I'll start working on that long-term vision. And then I'll probably have to revisit it every every six months because things change so much. Things change. Um, and I also think in taking those steps, you learn and figure out who you are. You know, back then when I, when I knew I wanted to grow, I didn't really know who I was in my business. I didn't really know what I liked to do or what tickled my fancy. I was pretty keen on what I didn't like yeah. to do. I was pretty, pretty well in tune to that. But I didn't know who I was. So as you grow and as you take those steps, you know, you begin to identify yourself and and realize the best use of yourself and your business. And then I think the key is to build around that. Ah, that's so good. I hope we got that. That was so good. Um, <laughs> we were thinking, um, well, I was thinking earlier how as as business owners and business leaders, we're so afraid sometimes to let stuff go, right? The whole control thing. Mm -hmm. And just going back to this first employee, and I, I know we could talk about scaling up a business way past the first employee, but I think we tend to freeze up in that because we're worried they're going to make mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. So how much leeway do you give your, your, your team to make mistakes, um, as they're doing important tasks, right, that are right. important to the business, how much leeway do you give them? I give them a lot of grace, a lot yeah. of leeway with that. Because the important thing to remember is they're going to make mistakes. I make mistakes. Made a huge one last week, you know, <laughs> which yeah. they came back and said, well, if you would just stay in your lane, this probably <laughs> wouldn't have happened. And they're right. Yeah. Had I just stayed in my lane doing what I did or what I do, it would not have happened. Yeah. So. The key is always remember, they're going to make mistakes. They're human. You know, none of us walk on water. We're going to make mistakes. But what's important is I feel being able to recover from that. So what I've learned over the years, I've put fail safes in place. Yeah. And I think any business can do this. You know, you put certain fail safes in place that even when they make mistakes, it doesn't have to be detrimental to the business. Yeah, I think that's great. I think so many people are afraid uh, of their team making mistakes and you do have to give them room to grow and room to make mistakes because although I believe, you know, you have to train them and you have to get them prepared for that role, but the best way to learn is for them to just do it, mm -hmm. right? And there are certain things, no matter what business uh, you're in, that you have to make sure uh, that don't happen, right? And I'm not saying they could just, uh, you know, run around acting crazy, making crazy mistakes. That's not what I mean. It's with within boundaries that you set as a leader. But I'll tell you this. Um, and let's say you're an electrician and you hire somebody to collect payments. That's pretty important that they collect the payments. Absolutely. right? So they don't want to make mistakes there. So you may have to follow up, check on making sure you're getting the money right, to pay your bills and to pay their salary, ultimately. Um, they need mm -hmm. to make sure that they get that. So there's room within boundaries 
but you definitely need to give them room to make mistakes. And I think so many times in, in our world and you know other worlds, I think that's one of the things that hold people back from from hiring and scaling up their business. Absolutely. You know? And I think too, an important thing for anyone looking to grow or scale in any industry is people will never respect what you don't inspect. That's good. So that's really good. That's another key of you cannot walk away. You have to give them room. You have to give them leeway, but you should be following up as well. Yeah. We should be following up behind them, checking behind them to make sure that they're doing the part that they need to do. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, let me ask you this. How many uh, team members do you have on your team right now? Nine. So you manage nine people. Yes. Right. And you have a number two on your team. Correct. All right. What other leaders do you have on your team? So I have a number two, which is a production manager. And then I have a loan officer supervisor who she's pretty much um, as far as Lewis 3.0 is concerned, yeah. been my day one. She's been with me the longest on everyone on the team. And yeah. so she supervises the loan officers. Yeah. So the reason I brought that up is because we have focused a lot on hiring that first employee. I just wanted to show you uh, where Cynthia's business is today and, and how she scaled it up to nine employees. And how many employees did you have two years ago? Just roughly, I, I know you didn't. First of all, she didn't do any preparation for this, so everything's <laughs> off the top of the head, so which you're, you're killing it. So, so two years you. ago, we would have been over at Greenbrier. So it would have just been uh, two and then Justin came on towards the end. So three employees three. about two years ago. She now has nine employees. She's doubled her business. I don't mm -hmm. think that is uh, by luck. No. Right? If you look at what she's done and how she's put the infrastructure of her team in place, the results speak for itself. And so... Um, there's so many more things I wanted to talk to you about, <laughs> all right? But we're, we're coming close to the end of this episode one. Um, I just have one more question and then we'll probably wrap up here in a second and we sure. will wrap up. So will you join me for one more episode? Because I feel like there's so many more things we can hit on. Absolutely. I was going to say, you can always just bring me back. <laughs> well, we're going to we're going to do it here in a few minutes. How's that? Oh, that works. <laughs> <laughs> because there are so many things I was I was going to get to. But um, just kind of just sum up this episode and wrap it up. Um, when we get to the point where we're too busy and we have a high demand for our services, that's when you know you got to start hiring in, in your business. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about that first employee and kind of what to look for on this episode. So when we get to the episode two that she just so graciously uh, <laughs> agreed to do, uh, we're going to talk about really how you develop your employees into leaders right? Which is really the next step in scaling. So you have, you can't do all the leading yourself. Mm -hmm. um, you have to have people on your team that can manage the day to day, do the leader. So you as the business owner, you're the CEO of your business, right? Absolutely. And so your job is to continue the business to bring in, mm -hmm. make sure everything goes smooth for your clients and for your customers. And so we're going to talk a lot about that. Uh, but let's wrap this episode up. Thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Anytime. Again, Cynthia Lewis is a legend, <laughs> right? And so join us for the next episode because we're going to be talking a little bit more about scaling up your business.